you all a, a warm welcome as we meet to worship our God, whether we're, we're here in the building or whether you're joining us online. All welcome. And we're going to read a few verses from Psalm 66. Shout for joy to God, all the earth. Sing the glory of his name. Give to him glorious praise. Say to God, how awesome are your deeds. So great is your power that your enemies come cringing to you. All the earth worships you and sing praises to you. They sing praises to your name. Well, let's join with that psalm as we sing our first hymn. Name of all majesty, fathomless mystery, king of the ages by angels adored. Power and authority, splendour and dignity, bow to his mastery, Jesus is Lord. Let's stand and sing with the music. Shall we turn to that Lord in prayer? Shall we bow our heads and our hearts as we, as we pray to him? Almighty God, we, we come into your presence and we acknowledge that you are a great God. We come into your presence and acknowledge that you are our creator. Lord, we come into your presence and we want to say thank you for King Jesus. Thank you that he was willing to leave the perfection 
the glory, the splendor, the peace of heaven. And come and live on this earth. Come and live amongst his creation. Come and live amongst men who had turned their back on him. Men who had disobeyed. Men who hated him. And he was willing to die. To be put on that cross. So that sinners like us. So that sinners who had turned to him. And looked for salvation for their sins. Would be forgiven. So that peace could be restored. With the father above. But we're so thankful that. Though you died you didn't stay in the grave. Lord the father raised you from death and you're now seated next to him on his right hand side in heaven above as king as king of that kingdom and you are drawing people to yourself that you are bringing people into that kingdom every day every day that kingdom is growing and lord we long to see more evidence of that kingdom growing here in crowborough we long to see more of that kingdom growing here in england Lord, we love to see, as your kingdom grows across the world, but we'd love to see it amongst those that we know and love and are in contact with us, around about us. We acknowledge that one day each of us will bow before you, whether we know you as king on this earth or whether that will be the first time we recognise you as king. We pray that no one here would be in that position where they're bowing before you then, not as their saviour. Lord, we pray that your Holy Spirit would convict those who do not know you of their sin. That your Holy Spirit would work in the lives of those who do not know you and and point you to Jesus. Show him what a wonderful saviour he is. Show him what a worthy king he is. And may each of us here in this building tonight, each of us who are watching online would know you as our saviour. And we thank you when we think about your kingship, we thank you for the way that you are just, for the way that you are right, for the way that you are loving, the way that you are fair. And we compare that with our government. Lord, we pray for our government. We pray that they would look to you for wisdom, that they would look to serve you Lord as they serve the people of the UK Lord we pray that they would be kept from seemingly serving themselves Lord God we ask that um, you would move this government to look to you we pray that not only the government we pray that we as a nation would look to you for wisdom for guidance in how we live our life. We'd look to you for kingship and lordship. And we thank you for our queen. We thank you for all those years that you have given her, that she has reigned over us. We thank you for the example that she has been. And Lord, we pray that people would see that example. People would compare that example with the government and ask why. And we pray that they that you would lead them to yourself. Father God, we pray that you would be preparing hearts and minds as we think about the coming Jubilee service. We ask that there would be people that we have invited 
who would be willing to come at this time. And likewise, we think of the men's barbecue. And we pray for the Hope Explore courses as they are run. We ask that your spirit would open up hearts and minds to receive your word. We pray that he would be preparing minds to be changed, hearts to be changed. We ask that all those who are involved in leading the various events, we pray that we would see men and women, boys and girls, saved as your word is spoken about. Lord God, we we want to thank you that despite our country seemingly turning their back on you, you are very kind and gracious to us. Lord, there are, are many things that we can thank you for. We thank you for the education for our children and we pray that the teachers would have a break at this time. And we want to thank you for the NHS and all those who work in it. We especially think this week of Liz Potts as she goes in to have her shoulder up. We ask that you would be with her. We ask you be with the different members of the medical team who treat her. Lord, may they be given wisdom and guidance, and we pray that she would have a full recovery. Lord, we pray for the Saywells in the Philippines. We ask that you be with them. Lord, as they've left this country and all the facilities that we have here, Lord, we pray you'd help them as they seek to spread your word. We pray that you'd be with their son, who's just come out of hospital. Lord, what a challenge that must be to leave behind you know, what you've granted and given us here to go into that country. But we pray that you would be with him and help him. Father God, we ask that you would be with any who are struggling. Lord, we ask that they would look to you. We ask that they would take their worries to you. We ask that you would strengthen them in any difficulties that they have. Lord, it's so easy to look around for man-made solutions. But Lord, we pray that we would come to you with our cares and our concerns. Knowing that you're a, a father who wants to hear them and who wants to help. And Lord God, we commit to you the situation in Ukraine. Lord, we pray for peace. We pray for the cessation of war. We pray for the killing to stop. We ask that in your will and in your time, that would happen. We ask that you would strengthen and comfort any Christians, any of your people that are caught up in that horrible situation. And we pray that they would look to you for their help. Lord God, we ask that you would be with John now as he brings your word to us. We pray that each of us would be listening with an open ear. We pray that each of us would be listening with a willingness for your word to impact us and change us. Whether that's to praise you more, to worship you more, to submit to you more. Whether that's a word of rebuke. But we pray that you would teach us as John brings your word to us. And we ask this for your honour and your glory. Amen. We're going to carry on um, singing, and our, our theme of our songs are about kingship and Jesus being king.
the same with our second song. Jesus is king, and I will extol him. Give him the glory and honour his name. Let's stand as Elijah leads us. going to read Psalm 72, so have your Bibles with you, or your apps, or on the screen behind, Psalm 72. Give the King your justice, O God, and your righteousness to the royal Son. May he judge your people with righteousness, and your poor with justice. Let the mountains bear prosperity for the people, and the hills in righteousness. May he defend the cause of the poor of the people. Give deliverance to the children of the needy, and crush the oppressor. May they fear you while the sun endures, and as long as the moon throughout all generations. May he be like rain that falls on the mown grass, like showers that water the earth. In his days may the righteous flourish and peace abound till the moon be no more. May he have dominion from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. May desert tribes bow down before him and his enemies lick the dust. May the kings of Tarshish and of the coastlands render him tribute. May the kings of Sheba and Seba bring gifts. 
May all kings fall down before him. All nations serve him. For he delivers the needy when he calls. The poor and him who has no helper. He has pity on the weak and the needy. And saves the lives of the needy. From oppression and violence he redeems their life. And precious is their blood in his sight. Long may he live. May gold of Sheba be given to him. May prayer be made for him continually and blessings invoked for him all the day. May there be abundance of grain in the land. On the tops of the mountains may it wave. May its fruit be like Lebanon. And may people blossom in the cities like the grass of the field. May his name endure forever. His fame continue as long as the sun. May people be blessed in him. All nations call him blessed. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, who alone does wondrous things. Blessed be his glorious name forever. May the whole earth be filled with his glory. Amen and amen. And the prayers of David, the son of Jesse, are ended. Amen. We're going to turn to our third hymn, which is Rejoice, the Lord is King, your Lord and King adore. And Joe, if you can switch to the second verse. Um, and we have a, um, a, a, a kind of a chorus, okay, which Jesus does things for us. He's our King. And then we have the refrain, if you click to the next one, lift up your heart, lift up your voice, rejoice again. I say rejoice. And let's focus on what he's done for us and what he's doing for us so that we can lift up our hearts and sing to him.
I wonder if you can name this song. Uh, there are at least six verses, different versions. Start off with the third verse and go downwards. Not in this land alone, but be God's mercies known from shore to shore. Lord, make the nations see that men should brothers be and form one family the wide world over. Give you the second verse, see if it helps. O Lord our God, arise, scatter our enemies and make them fall. Confound their politics, frustrate their knavish tricks. On thee our hopes we fix, God save us all. So some of you are probably getting there. Yeah. So here's the first verse which will give it away. God save our gracious queen, long live our noble queen. God save the queen, send her victorious happy and glorious, long to reign over us, God save the Queen. Well, I guess the first verse, anyway, will be sung um, quite a few times in the next ten days or so. And uh, so many of the prayers or the the spirit of the uh, uh, contents of the anthem have been answered and we will be thinking about that and uh, we will next Sunday morning, especially in our Jubilee service, which is aimed to be suitable for guests, we'll be giving thanks for the Queen and we'll be looking at the theme in the Bible, the Queen meets the King. I think that's where we're going to go, the Queen meets the King, thinking of the Queen of Sheba, Solomon, taking it forward to Christ and uh, also the Queen's attitude to the King of Kings. But this evening we're actually looking at Psalm 72, and in many ways this is like a national anthem. Uh, So I've called it the International Anthem, because it's more than a national anthem, the International Anthem. And it was written either by Solomon... Or for Solomon, there's different views on this, whether it's by Solomon or for Solomon. And you'll notice that a, a word keeps up. If you've got it open, it's good. Mark, has got, Mark got us to open the Bibles this morning, have it open. That's a, that's a good thing. And if you have got it open on your app or in the, the Bible, Psalm 72, and you scan your eyes down, you'll see that a word comes uh, up quite a, long, a lot of times in the, in the, in the psalm. And it's quite topical for this month. Yeah, do you see it? What's the word? May. May. May comes up at least 18 times. So it is a psalm full of wishes, prayers, and I'd say anticipation. Wishes, prayers, and anticipation. And it is full of good things to pray for uh, that you might want. Um, Many of them very suitable for an earthly king or queen or to be thankful for where they are in an earthly king or queen. But in the first instance here, it was written about the ruler of God's people Israel. So it's either Solomon writing it for himself or perhaps David, it says at the end, the day, prayers of David, so it may have been David written it for Solomon, but it's a desire for the ruler of God's people of Israel for their reign and the future reigns of people in that line. But it's special because it's not just an earthly ruler. The ruler of Israel, you may know, came with promises in the Bible. 
that this was something that God was giving and would be a blessing and that there would be a line of them through David. So it's especially wanting those promises to be fulfilled in the life of God's people in those days. But as we go through it, our sights surely are lifted higher than that. Higher than just uh, David or Solomon and others that follow. The, the language and the way things are phrased gets us to think about um, the great coming king. The anointed one. The Messiah. It gets us to think about the coming Christ and his kingdom. And I think if you read it through that lens, it, it will make a lot of sense. We'll be going through it this evening, we'll be thinking of the, the long-awaited king. We think of his reign, which has partly now begun. The kingdom of God is at hand. Jesus came to inaugurate the kingdom. The kingdom has started, but it's being filled out. And then we'll be thinking of when it's ultimately fulfilled at his second coming. So a bit of now in the Gospel age and a lot of what is uh, coming ahead of us. And I think it's a bit of a tonic really because as we look at the world as it is now and we see so many of the difficulties and disappointments, we long for a different world, don't we? We long for the news to read differently. We want the final fulfilment of what this points to. And as we think about it this evening, it will give us a thankfulness for the reign of Jesus which has started, for it to to fill out, and then for it to be finally fulfilled. So we're going to look at different aspects of uh, his reign to, to whet our appetites in this international Anthem, And there are the seven different aspects I want to pick up. So if Mark apologised this morning for no headings, I have to apologise this evening for too many headings. So in a way I've taken some of his ration for this morning and I've added it to, to my load this evening. We're going to look at seven things about the reign of this king which we love, long for and anticipate. A bit more time on the first one I think than the others. And his reign will be righteous, righteous. So this king will reign with justice and righteousness. We thought just a few weeks ago in the evening about the theme of righteousness, the righteousness of God in the Bible. Perhaps you were here and you remember what a positive term it is. And here we see it in the reign of Jesus. What will the reign of the Messiah be like? Well, it will be righteous. Verses 1 to 3. Let's just read those for now. Give give the king your justice, O God, and your righteousness to the royal son. May he judge your people with righteousness and your poor with Justice. Let the mountains bear bear prosperity for the people and the hills in righteousness. I'll read verse 4 too. May he defend the cause of the poor, of the children, give deliverance to the children of the needy. Righteousness exalts a nation, we're told in Proverbs. Sin is a reproach to a people. 
Well, does, does Britain carry out righteousness? Well, there'll be aspects, aren't there? Um, I think the Queen is universally seen as upright and honourable, and, and we thank God for that at a time like this when we reflect back on so many years. The Old Bailey, uh, the Central Criminal Court of England and Wales in London, sculptured above its doors, has uh, words of this psalm in it, or slightly adapted, defend the children of the poor and punish the wrongdoer. Quotation from Psalm 72, a one above one of the uh, doorways of one of the key courts in our land. So we're grateful, aren't we, for that look and outlook in our uh, uh, our judicial system uh, and everyone involved with it. So there are things to be thankful for. But does it reflect all of our national life and our individual lives? It's the anniversary of the Falklands War uh, this year, the 40th anniversary. So I've been reading a, a book that I've got about the account of the, uh, 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 of the Falklands being taken over by the Argentinians and then the, the things that led to the invasion uh, from the UK to take it back. And uh, one of the things that stayed in my mind was in the build-up to, um, uh, to, the, to the task force going down when there was a lot of diplomatic talk around there was a, a rather smart Argentinian who was trying to canvas support for the Argentinian cause. And he said, rather amusingly, drawing from Rule Betrano, he said, Britain may not rule the waves, but she certainly waves the rules. Well, I don't know whether it was very fair at that time. Uh, there was a lot of just cause for, for what, what, what happened. But does Britain wave the rules? Well, in many ways, I'm sure Britain does waive the rules, doesn't keep to righteous standards. We see it a lot in our papers, in our national life. And there are stabbings, and there are rapes, and there is abuse, and there is bullying, and there is deception. And there is not righteousness. And we grieve that there's not righteousness. And in our own hearts and lives, we too often wave the rules. We're not righteous like God. There is greed, there is pride, there is vindictiveness, there is unkindness, there is selfishness. But here, there's a kingdom where there's righteousness. And it happens with the influence of the king. And we long, don't we, for more disciples who hunger and thirst after righteousness. We long for the expanse of the kingdom of God when the kingdom of God is not about food and drink but righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. We want that to grow, don't we? And we look forward, finally, to a new heaven and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. It's the currency, it's the atmosphere, it's the way things are, totally, fully. In some ways, not much to fill the newspapers of heaven with the normal stuff. So, our anthem speaks of righteous reign. And it speaks of his reign being refreshing. 
Um, a few years ago, I, I couldn't quite remember which year, maybe you might remember, but we had quite a dry year, a bit of a drought year really. And I remember our friend Paul Watts came to preach during um, this period and he based his message, it was one of these sort of single verse messages, very helpful and it was based on verse 6 of this psalm. May he be like rain that falls on the mown grass, like showers that water the earth. What a lovely picture, isn't it? When you've had a time of parched ground and nothing growing and not much water around and then you have the picture of showers and freshness and dew and rain. And it, it leads to f- flourishing. Verse, the next verse, verse 7, in his days may the righteous flourish. It's a refreshing kingdom. It's not a a kingdom where everyone just out of mere fear toes the line. You know, some dictatorships are are, are just dry, sort of brittle, fear-driven systems, really, where people have no joy, no love, no positiveness. No, in the kingdom of Christ, there is a freshness, there's a life, there's a realness, there's a moistness. When preaching in Acts 3, Peter says this in verses 19 to 20. Repent therefore and turn back that your sins may be blotted out, that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. The kingdom of God, Christ's reign is a refreshing reign. Rain falling on parched ground spiritually. And so it is as we go forward to the ultimate where heaven is depicted as having a river flowing through it with the tree of life on both sides with fresh fruit every month and with the leaves being for the healing of the nations. Perhaps life for you feels um, a bit parched in your circumstances. For many in the older years, it can feel like that. I think Stuart Townend picks it up well in his song, Christ Be In My Waking, when he, he has this verse. Christ, when hope has faded, talking of the older years particularly, I think, nothing left to cling to, every pleasure jaded, every well is dry. Christ, the loving shepherd, draws me with his kindness, leads me to the desert, to the streams of life. In Christ now, through what he's done, we can enjoy refreshment. And we can look forward to his fully established reign in glory, which is typified by freshness and refreshment. I nearly called this message, Your Kingdom Come. Hopefully we're getting a sense of that as we go through the description of the reign of the Messiah. The third aspect I want to pick up on is that it's global. Verses 8 to 11. May he have dominion from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. May desert tribes bow down before him and his enemies lick the dust. May the kings of Tarshish, possibly Spain, and of the coastlands render him tribute. 
May the kings of Sheba and Seba bring gifts. May all kings fall down before him. All nations serve him. Well, for Israel, Solomon's reign was a, was a time of expansion. Um, the kingdom was from sea to sea, from the Red Sea through to the Mediterranean Sea. The enemies of Israel and God were subdued, and that was a, a reason for rejoice to have enemies subdued. And Jesus is king of an international kingdom, of a global kingdom. Some of his final words to the disciples just point us on, put us on this track, don't they? The Great Commission, Matthew 28, 18. And Jesus came and said to them, his final words in the Gospel of Matthew, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. And so Jesus draws in a following, an influence, which cross national boundaries. And he does it not by brute force. No, in John 12 he says this, when he's talking of his death, his sacrificial death on the cross, and I, if I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. All nations will come, as I say, what I've accomplished on the cross because he's the king who went to the cross. And through what he achieved on the cross, people's hearts are drawn to him as the only saviour, and praise God, it affects nation after nation after nation. And we long for it to grow, for the earth to be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God as the waters cover the sea. And it is increasingly, and it will be. Revelation 21, 23 to 24, I haven't often picked up on these verses. And the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light, and its lamp is the Lamb. By its light will the nations walk, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. Well, the rulers of uh, many nations are hard and harsh and ruthless. But this king and this kingdom, compassionate, merciful. Verses 12 to 14. For he delivers the needy when he calls, the poor and him who has no helper. He has pity on the weak and the needy and saves the lives of the needy. From oppression and violence he redeems their life, and precious is their blood in his sight. Now, there are uh, different coronation swords used in the UK, and interestingly, two of them, uh, the, the, the tips of the blade have been uh, knocked off, if you like, been deliberately blunted. And it's a deliberate sign of justice being tempered with mercy. The importance of a rain having justice tempered with mercy, the blunted swords of the coronation. And mercy is certainly a feature of Christ's kingdom, isn't it? 
so much of a feature of his life here on earth, on earth as he went around doing good, as you so often read of him showing compassion. It's been a feature of the life of his followers as they're seeking to live out the same sort of values themselves and often through charities and organisations to have that effect on others. It's certainly true, isn't it? Through the effect of the gospel which delivers and heals and relieves and blesses and restores. The compassionate reign of a worthy king, the Lord Jesus Christ, is what has begun and what we love to see grow. And what about the future of it? Well, in the future, the future kingdom, um, the relief of the needy, in a way, won't be an ongoing project, will it? It will have been done. A jubilee, the time of release, will have been accomplished. Sorrow and sighing will flee away. Isaiah's wonderful words, Isaiah 35, 10, and the ransomed of the Lord return and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain gladness and joy and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. Do you find yourself sighing sometimes? I certainly do over news, stresses, situations, verbal sighs. You find yourself sorrowing over different events, many of them, I'm sure, this last week or few weeks. And we read here, they shall obtain gladness and joy and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. It's as if it's not in the dictionary of heaven. Revelation 21, 4 puts it beautifully. He will wipe away. That's lovely, the purposeful, tender care of God in in that picture language. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore for the former things have passed away. His reign will be compassionate. And his reign, according to this psalm, will be appreciated. In the early days, that was true for Solomon. And uh, we'll look, look at that probably a little bit next week in terms of the what the Queen of the South, the Queen of Sheba, observed. And it's a great thing, isn't it, when a nation um, respects and values their their monarch. So I'm walking this morning, I I chatted with a friend over the forest just briefly about the Jubilee, and um, he said, 70 years, and she hasn't put a foot wrong. She hasn't put a foot wrong. Well, that might be a a little bit over the top, might be exaggeration, but... um, to have anything close to coming like that, to be able to say that, it's, it's just it's good, it's, you know, it's to, to have that respect and appreciation, it's good, isn't it? In any realm of leadership, it, 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 you know, where you have people leading others and there's a, a sense of respect 
and love and mutual care. It's a, it's a lovely atmosphere. It's a united thing. It's a, it's a great thing. And this is what's expected in the reign of the Messiah. Verse 15. Long may he live. May the gold of Sheba be given to him. May prayer be made for him continually and blessings invoked for him all the day. You feel grateful to have Jesus as your king if you're a believer. Feel appreciative. So glad he's my king. So glad to be part of his people. So pleased to be in his kingdom. Wouldn't want it any other way. Just such a wonderful character. The things that he's done for me are so marvellous. And he's my king. Rejoice, the Lord is king, we've been singing. So we certainly expressed it in our song. One of the features of the ultimate king kingdom will be the sheer delight that saved sinners have in their saviour. We get a slice of it in Revelation 7. When standing before the throne and the Lamb, there is this outburst. Let me read verse 12. Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honour and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. His reign is appreciated. What else is his reign? His reign is plentiful or abundant. So limited food supply has, has dogged this fallen world, hasn't it? Famines and difficulty, shortage of resources at different times, sometimes very acutely. Uh, we may see a bit of it in coming months. Uh, Ukraine and Russia, between them, produce nearly a third of wheat and barley exports and they're struggling to get them out of the country as, uh, as uh, some consequences for the rest of the world. A lack of supply of grain is going to head some of the prices up even more. A final kingdom will have no such problems. It's anticipated as a, a place of abundance. He wanted it for an earthly kingdom, but it points to the heavenly kingdom. Verse 16. May there be abundance of grain in the land. No shortages of grain. On the tops of the mountains, may it wave. May its fruit be like Lebanon. And may people blossom in the cities like the grass of the field. So the, the place is pictured as fruitful and green and plenteous. Greener than Greta can imagine. It's the future world. The tops of the mountains where the soil is usually thin and nothing much grows have got so much grain that they're just waving in the wind, seems to me what it's pointing to. The fruit trees are like the big Lebanese cedars. There's no shortage in the cities. The rain is a plentiful, abundant rain. And we have a spiritual banquet now in the gospel. 
Some of us were thinking on Thursday about the shepherd leading us in green pastures. Uh, Some of the versions talk about Jesus giving life and giving it more abundantly, the plentifulness, abundance that comes through Christ now, enjoyed spiritually. But then, spiritually, physically, mentally, socially, I think, plentiful abundance fulfilling. Are you looking forward to the final fulfillment of that reign? And then lastly, long lasting. So, I imagine, I'm no prophet, so please don't uh, take this down in, in that sense, but I imagine that within 10 years, many of us will sing words uh, that only the over 70s have sung. We sing, God God save our gracious King. And we are likely, aren't we, in the next 10 years to experience the end of a reign. It's been a a noble, faithful, servant-hearted reign, Queen Elizabeth II, but it, it's got to be behind us soon. It'll be sorry, disorientating. We've known nothing different. If you have good rulers, you do want them to last. I expect many of us, most of us, have been so grateful that God has spared Queen Elizabeth because in so many ways she's been such a, an admirable, exemplary monarch. You want rulers to last. And so it says in verse 15, long may he live. In fact, the, the answer, long live our gracious king, is spaced elsewhere in, in the Bible. It sort of comes out of the response in, in one of the uh, king's books. Long may he live. Of the Messiah's reign, well, we already had a bit of it in verse 7. In his days may the righteous flourish and peace abound till the moon be no more. Well, that certainly implies a long time, whatever quite that means. And then verse 17. May his name endure forever. His fame continue as long as the sun. May people be blessed in him. All nations call him blessed. And Isaiah anticipates this, doesn't he? In his Christmas prophecy of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. And on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and for ever more. And Jesus is God's forever king, as it's put quite nicely in one of the children's books, God's forever king. And so in Revelation 11 and verse 15, when the trumpets are sounding, there are loud praises in heaven, and this is said, the kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, 
and he shall reign forever and ever. No end, if you like, to that anthem. No end date to the reign like there is in all the others in the history books of the English monarchs. An ongoing, glorious kingdom which is the future for God's people, which is the end goal, if you like, for Christ's purposes in this world. So I don't know how much you've, you understood this psalm beforehand. It's, it's been one of those psalms that um, several times I've come to thinking, I, I'd like to preach on this, but I don't know as I can. So a few times over the years I've sort of nearly got there, and then with the, the coming of the Jubilee, I thought, well, we've got it, this is the time. And uh, I just found it good this week to be looking through this and to see it in the light of Jesus and his reign. And the thought of, of this uh, thrills the heart of the songwriter and hopefully thrills our hearts as well. And this psalm ends the second book of the psalms. A lot of them have been by David. And much of them have expressed difficulties and holding on to God through the trials of life. What a nice way to end such a sort of a, a chapter, if you like, or a section of concerns to focus on what is ahead and the rain that is ahead. And it's good for us too, as we experience the, the aches, of life, as we appoint, experience the, the appointments that the medical profession bring our way, as we think of the vindictiveness which we sometimes experience, the, the viciousness we see around us, the ups and downs, the letdowns, the losses, to have our eyes uh, fixed on the kingdom which is emerging which is coming through Christ, which will be ours forever. And as we grasp it, and hopefully we have, as we've gone through these verses a bit more, then hopefully we, like this songwriter, want to end in praise. So we read the last few verses. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, who alone does wondrous things, Blessed be his glorious name forever. May the whole earth be filled with his glory. Amen and amen. The prayers of David, the son of Jesse, are ended. And so is book two of the Psalms. Amen. Well, there are a number of, a couple of hymns based on Psalm 72 and we're going to finish with one of them now which is the song, How to the Lord's anointed, great David's greatest son, how in the time appointed his reign on earth begun. Let's sing our last song.
it is a a tonic for us to be in your word thinking of the rain that has begun through King Jesus, of the rain which is expanding and of that rain which will be ultimately fulfilled. And as we uh, reflect on this next uh, week or two with thankfulness on the reign of our own monarch that you have blessed us with as a nation here We pray that also we shall be mindful and thrilled more so of the reign of King Jesus, our Saviour, and encouraged in him. And this we pray in his name. Amen.